Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode is brought to you in collaboration with Userin. Hello, hi, and welcome to a beauty special with Userin and their medical manager, Dylan Griffiths. This is the third episode in a three-part beauty series with Userin discussing the skincare concerns of anti-aging, dry skin, and in this final episode, all things pigmentation. Userin has some really incredible insight into these skin concerns and has created products to tackle them specifically. And let's not forget, Userin was launched more than a century ago has been leading innovation in the science of skincare and is one of the world's most trusted dermocosmetic brands and recommended by dermatologists and pharmacists to keep skin healthy. Because of the research and testing that goes into their products, Dylan is a great resource for not only treating these skin concerns but also really understanding them. In this episode, we're going to be talking about pigmentation, including what pigmentation actually is, the different types of pigmentation, and how a breakthrough topical skincare ingredient, thiatomol, is so helpful in tackling the appearance of pigmentation. So in this episode, Dylan explains how thiamidol works within the skin, how long it takes for a topical ingredient like thiamidol to start working on pigmentation within the skin, and how to incorporate skincare for pigmentation into your existing skincare regime. All the links to everything discussed can be found in the show notes, but without any further ado, please enjoy Userin's medical manager, Dylan Griffiths, on this beauty special of The Emma Gunn Show. Dylan, we must stop meeting like this. It's so nice to have you back on the podcast. I've been really excited for this one. I know this is and this is actually something I'm so glad to unpick with you because it's this is an episode where we really are explaining and understanding pigmentation. Yes. Which isn't just one thing, is it? No, so it is an umbrella term. So what we class as hyperpigmentation. Um it's a term that's it's term that's used to describe uneven pigmentation on the skin. Um, which is a lot of people know it as dark patches, you know, age spots or sunspots. Um, but then you, you also then can go further into more s- severe conditions, such as what we call melasma. And there's also things what we also call post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. So it is a real, like dry skin, an umbrella term. Right. Well, uh, shall we go in and unpick each of those? So because obviously I'm guessing that the people who are going to experience one of those things might be a particular type of candidate, like pigmentation, hyperpigmentation, quite common, melasma, not so much, and um, post-inflammatory pigmentation. Is that just if you're a picker of scabs? 
No. Um, she says guiltily. <laughs> the picker of scabs will potentially be at risk, um, but there is a lot more with post-inflammatory. Again, it varies on, there's multiple causes behind it, but it varies again on kind of skin type and the inflammatory um, disease behind it. Okay, so let's start with hyperpigmentation. If pigmentation is the umbrella term, and then we've got hyperpigmentation underneath, yeah. what does that what does that cover? What is it? Okay, so for us, when we talk about it with in terms of eucerin, so we will just talk about the what we call the hyperpigmentation ones, which are um, melasma and post-inflammatory, and then we will also we will also cover. Um, sunspots and dark age spots under hyperpigmentation as well because ultimately we all have pigmentation so we all have the what we call what's melanocytes so these are um, I always say they're like little trees that sit in the base of your epidermis when I'm trying I'm put, I've got a hand up now and I don't know why nobody can <laughs> see me um, but you've got um, these melanocytes and they produce melanin so within melanocytes, there's a reaction with a chemical or an enzyme called tyrosinase, which produces melanin. And then melanocytes transport melanin up to your keratinocytes, so up to the skin cells. Um, so we all have those. So we all have pigmentation. Um, and then when we look at um, changes in skin color, it's not about having more melanocytes. Or even when we tan, you don't get more melanocytes. It's all about activity. So with darker skin tones, they're more active melanocytes. And with sun, when you get a suntan, it's because your melanocytes are becoming more active. So this is all the kind of the term for pigment. That's pigmentation. And then when we talk about hyperpigmentation, you have a small patch of melanocytes or even just one that's become hyperactive. That's activating more than the others and therefore producing additional melanin. So it's a little, so it's misfiring basically, yeah. like a garden sprinkler that's like, why is that still on and why is it spraying everywhere? Basically, or the annoying shower issue sometimes when one little cloud of water starts misfiring in the wrong direction and straight into your eye. Why do I understand this? I understand this so clearly. <laughs> I think a lot of listeners are going, yep. <laughs> yeah. But you then get your thumbnail and yeah. scratch out the life scale yeah. and then it's all good. Oh. You can't do that with pigmentation. You can't do that. You can't. Okay. Don't scratch it with your thumbnail because you may incur um, post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Um, and so then when we carry on, we talk about hyperpigmentation. There's a lot, it is an umbrella term, but there is also a l many causes or many reasons why people um, can get hyperpigmentation. So genetics is one. So generally it is seen more as a female condition. And um, generally, if your mother or your grandmother had pigmentation, your hyperpigmentation, you're more likely to also have hyperpigmentation. Um and just because I say it's seen more as a female condition doesn't mean that men don't get it. We do also suffer from it. Um, but the number one cause of hyperpigmentation is sun exposure. So we talk a lot about the damages that UV can do. Um, and one of those is causing sunspots. It's, it's a condition I think is a lot of people are aware of sunspots, know what they are when we talk about them. So sunlight triggers melanin production in the first place. That's why we get color when we go out in the sun. Um, and but excessive sun exposure can lead to hyperpigmentation. It can cause the melanocytes to again misfire and become hyperactive. And when we also talk about, we talk about UV, we UVA and UVB, there's also visible light. 
So visible light is 50% of the solar radiation spectrum. And within that, there's a bandwidth that we call high energy visible light. I think a lot of people know it as blue light. So this is the light you see. It's the light you get through the window. So you're still bombarded by visible light if you're sat in a window, sat near a window or in a car. And new research has shown that high energy visible light can induce quite severe and prolonged hyperpigmentation. So this is research we've been looking at heavily in Eucerin and how our products can support that. But also if you do have hyperpigmentation, sunlight will exacerbate it. So sun protection is key to prevent and also reduce symptoms you have. So that's sunlight. And then you've also got as said, hormonal factors. Um, hormonal factors connect a lot more with when we talk about melasma. So again, we do feel that UV and high energy um, and high energy visible light are the leading causes. But there is research that shows that um, changes in hormones in the female sex hormones, so mainly progesterone and um, estrogen, oh, can't, can't speak then progesterone and estrogen. <laughs> um, they increases in those hormones can lead to hyperactivity of the melanocytes again. Not 100% sure why that happens. There's still a lot of research looking into that. But that can lead to what a lot of people may know as the pregnancy mask or mm -hmm. melasma. So that's more um, larger grouping of pigmentation, generally on the cheeks. Some people get it on the lip and the forehead. Yeah. Um, and changes in your hormones can also increase the risk of hyperpigmentation. So we do see in data that up to 25% of women who take oral contraception they are more at risk of melasma. And pregnancies, as I said, pregnancy mask, there is data that shows up to 50% of women in the UK can have some form of pigmentation during pregnancy. Wow. So, yeah, so, I mean, I recognise it immediately. As soon as you said that, I think about above the eyes, on yeah. the top lip, on the cheeks. And I remember, I remember a few of my friends during pregnancy thinking how cute they look because they look freckly. And they were like, they're not freckles, I'm livid. Um, because it just, it just happens and yeah. it does sort of just crop up crops up and then they start to merge into so they maybe go from freckles which we all think are cute and then they just merge more into what looks like um, a stain as some people call it mm. and it has a real psychological effect on people um, obviously because it, it can look like a birthmark or people do stare at you um, one of my close friends she had it on the birth of her second child um, and she unfortunately had it as a moustache and it went, it went very dark. And she says she remembers a point walking down the street and, and a woman was staring at her and making a comment. And it had a huge psychological effect to her, naturally. Mm -hmm. um, it's nothing, you know, it's natural. It's a hormonal process. But yeah. even at the time, she wasn't aware of how to manage or control it. That's really sad. I'm sorry it to hear that. No, it's, um, well, I'm glad now that we have a solution that can support it, that's more affordable. But, yes, it's, um, I think not, not as many people realise actually how, how much of a psychological impact some yeah. of hyperpigmentation can have. Does it also get worse with heat? So even if you're wearing your SPF, even if you're using all of the correct barriers, if, I mean, at the moment in the UK we're having a bit of a heat wave, if the temperatures are higher, would your dark patches maybe look darker or look like they're more prominent? There's no data to show that heat causes the melanocytes to flare up more. Um, I think that's more with looking flushed. So if you become more flushed, that will obviously just cause any kind of pigmentation in your skin to also become more visible or more prominent. 
Um, and also with any kind of, I think with any heat, we all become a bit slightly shinier. It also does um, just show slightly, some more effect on any unevenness on your skin. Right. Okay. Interesting. And so once I have pigmentation, I have patches of pigmentation on my face. So does that mean I will always have it or that I'm more likely to get it? So you're more likely to get it if there's a family history. Um, but if you have it, you tend to always have it. There are obviously there are ways to a lot of treatments are there to manage it, to actually remove or regulate. But ultimately, you will always have very active melanocytes and we will all go down that route. So generally, as we age, you, you have less melanocytes, but your melanocytes that remain get bigger. So they end up pumping out more melanin. So that's why age spots, which sometimes called known as liver spots when I was young, yeah. they become yeah. far more common in when we age past 40 plus. Um, so at some point, we all are going to experience pigmentation. Um, but at a younger age, generally, it's because either from a family history of it or severe sun exposure or um, kind of a genetics, hormones, um, or if you're more when we look at darker skin tones, they're also more prone in younger years to have post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. And that can be from a cut, a burn, um, or even acne is one of the main causes. So post-acne marks and even, even people suffer from eczema can have post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. Wow. And so we've covered all the causes essentially, yes. haven't we? Yeah. Okay. Because I feel like the patches that I got, I went on a holiday once and even though I, thought I'd been really good with my SPF I definitely noticed after that particular break that intense sun exposure just meant that I now had these patches of pigmentation and that's just as is that just as common a cause of just maybe yeah. overdoing it in the sun overdoing then... it yeah so the sun the skin is has an amazing memory so it will show you all the sun exposure of your life at a later year um, so we know as we're going to age, this is why we start to see wrinkles. We're going to start to see pigmentation. And it's what scares me now because I remember being, you know, 18, going on my, you know, first holiday to Gran Canary after A-levels. And I didn't wear sun protection. And I've still got, I've got pigmentation spots on my body for it. And now I'm so strict about sun protection. But fortunately, that one-week holiday will appear on my face at some point oh it's like the ultimate in receipts isn't yeah. it club 18 to 30 comes back to haunt you 40 years later oh gosh oh, well better than pictures i suppose it's true i'm glad i wasn't in an era of digital <laughs> yes one of the benefits of being slightly older so you have a whole raft of anti-pigmentation products and so if someone's listening to this and they're thinking Oh, yes, I remember that holiday. I remember those holidays. And this is definitely something I'm experiencing. Does somebody have to go literally take take their arm to their current bathroom shelf, whack everything off and just literally only use anti-pigmentation products? Like, for example, you, do you have four specifically designed for facial anti-pigmentation? So we have five, including a specific sun product. Um, but otherwise, for the anti-pigment range itself, yeah, there's four that sit within there. Um, generally we, we do advise to use three out of the four. So the fourth is a spot corrector, which is designed for very targeted, small, um, hyperpigmentation lesions. But otherwise we talk about using it as a full facial, um, product. Right. So 
although you're using something that's designed for hyperpigmentation, it is only going to target the hyperactive melanocytes. So it'll only, it will bring out an even skin tone. So it reduces the hyperpigmentation only. But we've obviously designed a range that can be that also can be designed to moisturize and improve radiance. So we do advise if it's a severe concern you have or you do have large pigmentation areas, you should use this as the regime. Right. And um, coherence is vital, as is with anything with skincare. But you need you can't use it one day, go back to maybe your anti-age the next day and come back on a Wednesday. You have to use it every day and night and use it for a long period of time because it is it's a topical skincare product. That's how they work. But if you do have a milder concern and maybe you just want to prevent, you know, prevent any sun-induced future, we do have a single sun product that can be used alongside other products. Um, or if you just maybe have a very small area that you want to control, you could maybe just dip into our day regimes and carry on with your anti-age or your dry regime at night. Yeah, because I'm thinking that for for many people listening, it might not be their primary skin concern. It might be one of them. But for example, say, say aging is the primary concern. How would you mix perhaps say the hyaluronic products that you have with the pigment range? So for me, if you, if it's aging is the main concern and looking at, um, a slight pigmentation, a correction, then I would carry. I would use the anti-age products in the morning. So, vitamin C also does have some benefit um, for hyperpigmentation. So, using vitamin C and hyaluronic acid in the morning. Um, there are also some, you know, acid acid products that could be used in the daytime. Use those. That will help counteract the anti-age effects. Also, obviously, use sun protection. Number one, mm. and then in the evening, use our dual serum and also our night care for hyperpigmentation so that's quite rich it nourishes the skin but it also will help you know um, regulate the melanocytes whilst you sleep and then you can carry on with your routine in the morning now what i like about how you serum put their skincare ranges together is that you know what you're getting you you don't really have to do a great deal of explaining they package things really nicely anti-pigment hydration hydrolyrin hydrophilic all of those things you've got really good names but it's quite nice sometimes to turn the bottle around and to see what's really doing the job. And in the case of the anti-pigment, it's something called thiamidol. So would you mind explaining how that works to tackle pigmentation? No problem. So thiamidol <laughs> does does take some explaining, but it's worth it. It's um, it's the biggest ingredient innovation ever in use or in history. And considering that this, um, this year we're celebrating our 120th year, when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Yeah, uh, since since Eucerin, you know, was first used, um, it's a big claim to make. But it's it's one we've not. It took ten years to develop, um, and it had the you know the most kind of resources placed into it. So 
for Thymidol, we screened over 50,000 potential ingredients um, within our database to try and find the one that was most effective, but also tolerable to all skin types and sensitivity. Um, and to do that, we had to completely change how we tested hyperpigmentation ingredients. So historically, and this is what we also used to do as well, you'd test it on mushrooms. So mushrooms have an enzyme in there that's similar to tyrosinase, which is the enzyme in your skin which creates melanin. So historically, it's a very easy way of testing products. Um, but for us, we, we felt that we had to try something different. So we decided to try and extract human tyrosinase and create it into a test assay. Um, that's the reason it took such a long time. And there's a lot of clinical papers um, and fantastic reports from, from you know, very established um, testing labs who praise the work that was done on this. Um, so now we have that. We have a test version of human tyrosinase. We were able to realize that thiamidol, as we call it, um, is a B-resorcanol inhibitor. So it inhibits tyrosinase. Thiamidol was the most effective on human tyrosinase but also the kindest on the skin. So out of 50,000, that's what we found. Um, and it said it acts at the root cause of hyperpigmentation. So it inhibits tyrosinase. Therefore so that's the thing that causes the ultimately yeah. so you have the switch. That kind the of switch. So in, you, in those melanocytes, um, you have a little, what's maybe a granule, you can call it, called a melanosome. And in the melanosome, you have tyrosinase, which is the enzyme, and you have tyrosine, which is the precursor. Tyrosine passes through the enzyme and it becomes melanin. So what thiamidol does is it blocks the connection. So it blocks the conversion through tyrosinase and stops the melanin being formed. And it does that in the hyperactive melanocytes. So it's not going to cause your normal melanocytes to stop producing. It basically is designed to regulate um, and right. control, to bring it back to kind of what is seen as the normal level. So it can identify trouble spots yeah. and go and act there, but it leaves anything that's performing perfectly nicely. Thank you very much alone. Yeah, leaves it alone and lets it be, which is what we need. And it creates. it's all about creating an even tone um, on, onto your skin. And it's... Um, it's been launched now almost two years since the ingredient was really um, published, and it's with there's countless research papers now out on thymidol. Um, thousands of patients have been tested with it for um, to look at the superiority, superiority and eff efficacy. But it's also now been extensively published in peer-reviewed journals as well. So, although it's a cosmetic um, topical ingredient it's extensively researched to ensure it's, it works and does the job. Um, and I, as, we, as you may know, if you've listened to previous podcasts, I work closely with dermatologists and this, they called it a game changer within mm -hmm. the um, pigmented market. Um, it's an easy way of helping to regulate and also supports other treatments. And that's something that is that that's kind of vocabulary that isn't thrown around. Like if a dermatologist or those sorts of papers do end up sort of the the general consensus is this thing is a game changer. That's when ears prick up, people start listening. Yeah, and to have 
the data behind it to substantiate. So one of my key roles with anti-pigment is to have those conversations and provide evidence both to consumers and to healthcare professionals to really support them in recommending the products. So that's the science stuff, which thank you for simplifying it. But Hopefully. Just, <laughs> so let's take us out of the lab and back into the bathroom or the dressing table, wherever we might be. And I've got these products in front of me. I have concerns about areas of pigmentation. Um, how long do I need to be using it in order but before I start to see the kind of results that I feel I should be getting for having invested in the range? So obviously it does vary with individuals. So the claims I'm about to make are obviously what we've seen in research. Um, but we were the first brand to have a first visible in two weeks claim. So if using the routine daily, um, and with that claim, we just had a morning routine originally, you can start to see first visible results in two weeks. But to really see true effect and reduction, we usually say wait eight to 12 weeks on average. So our studies go up to 12 weeks and that's when we've seen the most significant difference. And actually, I the more I, the more I've learned and the older I get, the because obviously when I was a bit younger, I'd be far more impatient with products and just want an instant result. But actually, I really do quite like giving topical products wherever I might be using them and for whatever concern, really sticking with them for a certain amount of time because you really do see a difference. Yeah, I think especially when you think about skin and cell turnover is four weeks. So really, ultimately, you won't see much of a change until two weeks in many, many ingredients because you need that half turnover. Um, yeah. But for us really to have generally with most pigmentation products, you don't see a result till eight weeks. So for us, at least by having first visible results of two weeks, which we've proven it provides confidence to somebody, okay, this is working. I'll stick with it. Because I said, coherence is key with this product. You need to use it every day and you need to use it for those 12 weeks to mm. really see a difference. So if we can provide confidence in that way, then it really does help. And you have a dual serum. Yes. But it is quite important that I use that alongside the day and the night cream. Could you explain why? So the dual serum, um, it has two separate chambers in there and it has um, two different emulsions so one contains a very concentrated mix of hyaluronic acid with our short and long chain so moisturizing as well as um, helping to um, plump up the skin but on the other chamber we have thiamidol as a rich emulsion so they combined together in the dual serum are freshly activated and the reason we have this is to apply it post-cleansing before the day or night cream and it the hyaluronic acid prepares the skin so it we, we've got evidence to show it boosts radiance um, and, and helps moisturize the skin to support cell turnover but also the hyaluronic acid supports what we call bioavailability so that it supports the active ingredient basically being pulled to the right place so increases the penetration of the product for the skin so our initial studies with antipigment is we did a split face study on 34 candidates and we had one side, um, all patients had melasma and one side was day cream only. So the antipigment day cream and the second side of the face was dual serum plus the day cream. So you apply dual serum, wait a couple of minutes and then apply the day cream. And whilst both had first visible signs in two weeks, 
after two weeks, you saw a real significant reduction in pigmentation on the half of the face with a mix, so dual serum plus day cream. So as we talked previously, you could just use a day cream on its own or the night cream on its own, but if you really want to see a powerful effect, use the dual serum. It prepares your skin and allows more thymidol to be absorbed. And when you're using something like this, do you have to worry about sun exposure or do you have to worry about anything like that? So, you know, with some topical actives, you have to be a little bit careful about what you do yeah. in the daytime. So obviously, as you know, with me, I mean, you just mentioned sun and I will go on forever <laughs> to talk about the importance of sun protection. It's a whole week program. Um, but, <laughs> Yeah, as with anything, sun protection is vital, but we do have a day cream that has SPF 30 within there to provide um, sun protection. And it also has, um, we do have high energy visible light protection within there. But if you are going to go out in the sun for the day, or if you're going to go on holiday, then you need to go higher. So you can use these products and add a sunscreen on top. Or we also do have within our sun range, a product called pigment control which is a SPF 50 plus um, broadband UVA, UVB and UVA filter, high energy visible light filter, as well as thymidol. So if you are going to have kind of constant sun exposure throughout the day, I would go for the high product, high SPF product and combine it with the dual serum. And obviously seek shade, hat and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So the the sun worshipping might have to might have to dial it down a bit yeah control that and then look after your skin now i think in my years as a beauty writer i do feel like the uh results that we're able to get with topical products has really come on leaps and bounds in the last 20 years because i think previously i always thought if you had something like pigmentation that was an in-clinic procedure with lasers or with some kind of Wizzy device. <laughs> Wizzy device is the technical term. I'm yeah. using, Can topical products really work, or do I, or, or do I need to go down the clinic route and get a professional treatment? As as always with any kind of skin concern, you should always go down the route of seeing you know a qualified therapist or a dermatologist to have guidance. And some people will need the more invasive approaches. So obviously, um, there are two main concepts used by a dermatologist. You've got the removal of the hyperpigmentation, or you've also got the regulation slash reduction of the pigmentation. So when we talk about removal, that is generally using things like lasers or um, quite high strength alpha hydroxy acids, usually glycolic is one that's used quite often. So those will obviously strip away layers of the skin and remove the pigmentation within the skin. They obviously have greater downtime, um, mm. especially if you're looking at something like a fractional ablative laser. Um, so, and that, some, it might not work for everybody because some people may actually have post-procedural pigmentation due to those. So, our products can be used alongside that. And then also when you look at the regulating side, you've got ingredients such as um, a pharmaceutical product, um, a pharmaceutical ingredient called hydroquinone, which is, again, it's designed to regulate the melanocytes. But that can only, because it's quite high strength and it has some side effects similar to retinal side effects. It's prescription only. Prescription as well. only as well, yeah. So that can only be used for a short period of time. So for us, having something like anti-pigment, it's more 
accessible. Um, the NHS doesn't always treat hyperpigmentation. It's more seen as a cosmetic route. So you have to go down the more private routes generally, which is expensive. So mm -hmm. to have an accessible option is fantastic for people as a cosmetic. But if you do go down the route of needing the more intense or in-clinic treatments, as we call it, you can use antipigment alongside it, which is what a lot of dermatologists recommend. So the dual serum is actually really good to prepare your skin for a laser and to be used post-laser to help calm the skin with hyaluronic acid. We know that works well. Yeah. And the same with hydroquinone. If you're using a you know prescription-only treatment, you can, again, use this alongside. So hydroquinone will dry out the skin. So using something as nourishing as antipigment helps what we call be as an adjunctive, helps support the um, results and also support the skin. It's a nice range. Now, I when I first started noticing mine, for example, my uh, pigmentation patches on my face, I have to admit I looked in the mirror and it made me it sort of made me feel a bit down, mm -hmm. made me feel a bit annoyed. And I can't obviously feel like that when I pick a spot and I get like a very a purple mark that lingers for too long. But I'm just curious um, if someone's listening to this and they they have noticed these patches and maybe they're able to cover it with makeup to this point, but they sort of at the back of their mind they're thinking I would like to do something about this. I just kind of want to reassure them that it doesn't mean that they've done anything wrong necessarily. It's just something that happens to skin. You yeah. might some people get it more than others. But don't beat yourself up about it. It's quite a normal thing to happen. Yeah, it's a normal thing. And it's, as you say, your sun, your face is always exposed to sun, to the sun and UV rays. So um, it's bound to happen to a lot of people because unfortunately we are not the best at protecting ourselves. And also it's always, I think we forget that the skin is the largest organ in the body. Um, so it is going to have conditions and it is going to sometimes trip us up and, you know, I'm unfortunately suffering from a breakout at the minute. Um, and it does, things do happen. I know so moving closer, it's, it. it's covered well. Um, <laughs> so things do happen and it's, and they do get people down, but there are solutions out there mm -hmm. and there are some fantastic experts out there to really help guide, um, and support you. And I think what's nice is, I, like I said, I keep talking about the beginning of my career, but this wasn't this wasn't necessarily something that a lot of people thought of as a real concern. It's only as we get more education out there. But the fact that there are now things that you can do topically is really, it's really useful and helpful. And to know also with your products, what I think is really nice is that it's, let's face it, available on the high street. Yeah. And, or drugstore yep. if you're listening in the states yeah so um and it and this will be eventually available in the states as well so it's um be a great launch there um <laughs> but yeah to have that accessibility and even yeah, when i started in skincare it was it was still the potent treatments um or the kind of treatments that we help i mean like that vitamin c was still was very common and it still is a very great active ingredient but there wasn't anything as effective as we've seen with mm -hmm. antipigment um, and there's a lot more to come within the innovations, but it's great to have something that um, we can discuss and really see fantastic results with. Do you get excited about the innovations? Because I definitely, when I think about what is possible now versus what was possible then, I get really, I do get really excited when I hear about something and then I hear about the peer review papers and I hear about the clinical trials. That's when I think, oh, progress. I, I am like a little kid in a candy shop in this job. Um, and I think it's more challenging in mine because I like to talk 
and I, I will know things that are happening in three, four years' time, and I can't discuss it with anyone because <laughs> obviously we will be, we'll be working on getting the studies done before launch. Um, and yeah, I just I, there's such amazing innovation in our industry coming, um, and, but there's also such an amazing innovation that's already occurred. So there's mm. there's a lot of ingredients that are still to come. Um, but I, used, I think you look back at things like hyaluronic acid. It's still number one, and it's been here for 20-plus years. Um, there's ways of adapting those ingredients and making them stronger as well. But, yeah, I, I love it. I'm, I'm, I love a bit of innovation. Love a bit of innovation. <laughs> and it's, then I have to try and think, how do I fit that into my regime? Because I'm really strict about my skincare <laughs> regime. So I'm like, hmm, how can I layer that? <laughs> <laughs> now I really appreciate you taking the time to explain all of that because I do think of all of the of all of the topics we've covered actually on this series this is the one that is the hardest to get one's head around I think I still really struggle with understanding so I will be uh, re-listening to the beginning where you actually explain the different types many times over I'm sure um, but Dylan it's always such a pleasure to speak to you just because it's just so full of brilliant info so thank you so much I just like that I can geek out with someone about <laughs> all this and it's not just my poor other half having to listen to me rattle on <laughs> anytime anytime listeners the links to uh, the products we've talked about and any of the uh, perhaps if there are any of the papers or anything that are in the public domain I will put those links in the show notes but Dylan what a pleasure thank you for coming back on the show thank you very much